I'm Rachel Poli with Ari Meglin, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. We are on episode 12, and this week's question is, do authors need a website? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. If you enjoy our episodes, please give it a like. So, do authors need a website? It's a personal decision, but I think all authors should have a website. A website is a great place to engage with readers and fellow writers alike, as well as it being a home base for your books. It's a great way to market your work and share it with the world. Social media posts can only last for so long, while websites can have a broader reach. I agree. A website, in my personal opinion, is a definite must. It is a central hub for an author. Social media and other places we have on the net should be treated as offshoots. We don't own social media pages, and these can be shut down for a number of reasons, including something as simple as losing favor. It may seem like Twitter and Facebook will be around forever, but that's what people thought about MySpace. I was actually never on MySpace, but I I made a Facebook account the moment Facebook became a thing because it came out around the time that I turned 13. So therefore I was able to have my own account. And yes, I still needed to ask my parents permission, but I was able to have my own account. (laughs) And I mean, Facebook, in my personal opinion, is not good. No. <laughs> That's a conversation no. for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but I like your point. A website, you own your website, and you can more or less do whatever you want with your website because you can write blog articles and you can share your books and just share your writing in general, and you can engage with people and you can gain a following. You don't need to do, you don't need social media to do that. No. Although they kind of go hand in hand. In a way. <laughs> they can help. They can help out. Yes. <laughs> Social media helps your website. But if you're going to choose one or the other, I would go for a website. With social media, like Facebook was the big social media. And yet now we're seeing, so you know, decades later, the shift has moved and different age groups are on different social media platforms. So if you put all of your eggs in one basket, which was Facebook, and then suddenly a lot of people shifted onto a different social media platform, you have to scramble to shift with them too. Whereas if your central hub is always a website and you use social media as extras, you're always in a stronger position. That's a good point. It's true that there are different age brackets for each social media. Like Facebook, it's more so like the older generation now is on Facebook. Like, none, none of my friends are on Facebook anymore. Everybody's on Twitter or Instagram, or now TikTok is, like, the new thing. Yes. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> no. I don't mind watching TikTok. I just don't want to be on TikTok. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even have a TikTok at all. I don't watch anything from there. My cousins are on TikTok, and they'll show me stuff that they make, and it is pretty amusing. But it's just, I mean, Twitter and Instagram for right now is enough for me. I think people are drawn to the ease of Instagram because you can show so much with just a photograph rather than text, which is what you often needed with Facebook and Twitter and everything. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, they all have their own pros and cons. A website, you can do all of that. You can share pictures. You can share a status, kind of, sort of. I mean, if you have a blog post. Um, you can, you have a sidebar, you had, you have all these different pages, you can do all these different things with the website. You're not limited to just a single status or 240 characters. You're not limited to a single picture or a story that's only going to last 24 hours. Anything you put on a website 
last forever. With that said, I can understand why people don't have a website or they hesitate about it because they're not easy to take care of. Websites, they're expensive and they're a lot of work and they're time consuming. I think websites can be quite daunting, especially if you've never used one before, but there are so many platforms now that you can start with and they are all so much more user friendly from simple layouts, fully responsive themes, or even simple drag and drop designs. It's like gone are the days of needing to know HTML or CSS coding, which I did actually learn. And my very, very first websites were coded and they were awful. <laughs> so I am glad that technology has moved on and we have these easier to use systems. And while they are time consuming, it's mostly at the very beginning when you're setting them up, when you're learning how to use them, when you're picking your theme and adding your pages and figuring out what you want to put on your website. That is the most time consuming part. Once it's up and running, it's more maintaining it and it, it takes a lot less time. It is daunting because it is such a learning curve. And I do agree, you don't necessarily need to know HTML or CSS coding. But it does help to know. I started off like years ago, I used to run a couple of role-playing websites and I did a lot of HTML. And the other day I was redoing a page on my blog and the block editor on WordPress, you can, there's a block called custom HTML. And I was doing that and I was so proud of myself that I actually remembered a bunch of things. There was one thing that I kept messing up and I had to wait for my sister to get home so she could help me with it. And she figured it out in two seconds. But I was proud that I actually remembered that little bit and it, it felt good. <laughs> because knowing that it does help a little bit because when something does go wrong with your website, you can have that little bit of knowledge to try to fix it yourself or make something however you want. There are so many different platforms that you can choose from between WordPress, Winx, Weebly, Squarespace, GoDaddy. There's like all these different things. But when you do build your website, the number one thing you need to figure out is whether you want to go self-hosted or not. I mean, my blog, I'm on WordPress.com, but there is WordPress.org where you can connect to SiteGround or I think Bluehost and a couple of other different places. And you can do a lot more self-hosted. It, it looks more like a website than a blog. Yeah, that's totally true. I'm also on WordPress.com. Eventually I may move over to self-hosted. And the good thing is with WordPress.com, it, it's easier to move over to like WordPress.org, which is the self-hosted version. You can actually just import, I suppose it's export all your posts, your graphics, everything. It's like you have to start from scratch and lose everything. Go straight to self-hosting. The, there is an extra cost with that because you have to pay more for self-hosting. And if you're just starting out, I personally don't see the issue with starting with a website like wordpress.com where you're not hosting it yourself, but you're using their platform and then you can advance and move on, upgrade, I should say, to a self-hosted one. That way you're getting the feel of having a website, you're figuring out what works for you, you're building up your portfolio, all with, well, there will be a cost most of the time, but it's mostly minimal. And then you can obviously expand. Most platforms have different plans. Most will have a free option. Then there's like Premier, Business, and each one will give you extra features that you'll find useful. Well, that's the thing. And it's interesting that you say that self-hosting um, can be pricier. 
because it is true. If you're, if you don't have a website and you're going to create one, I wouldn't throw all your money in one basket. I would like start off with the free version of whatever host you decide to go with and see if it works for you. And if it doesn't, you can, you know, go somewhere else. If you're able to have that financial commitment, then by all means upgrade and keep rolling with it. But I'm actually in the middle of rebranding my website right now. And before I started, I was flip-flopping between going self-hosted or not. And I decided not to. But I run the website for my church and I switched hosting for them. I wanted to go with WordPress because I know WordPress. So I'm on WordPress.org through SiteGround. And believe it or not, I have the business plan on WordPress.com for my personal website. And SiteGround is cheaper. <laughs> and I'm kind of bummed about the fact that I decided not to go self-hosted and decided to rebrand <laughs> right now. <laughs> so I guess it all depends on where you look. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you have the premium plan for WordPress.org, maybe SiteGround or something else would be more expensive. But because I have the business WordPress plan, um, a few of the self-hosted websites are actually cheaper go figure i'm on the premium wordpress.com which obviously there is a cost a yearly cost but it's it's certainly a lot better than some of the than going self-hosted at this time as you said it definitely needs to be something you kind of think about you get you kind of get used to what you're doing on the website and how you want to run it and and also to get you aware of how much time you're going to have to put into the website not just building it but maintaining it and updating it and then you can decide is it worth this much that much is it doing what it, what you need it to do on a cheaper platform in which case just stick with it for the time being and especially if you're unpublished where the urgency to get something much more impressive or you know moving on to this level of self-hosted isn't as big a deal I don't think the maintaining of the website is probably one of the hardest parts because you, you need to be consistent and you need to have a set routine with it. And when you're first creating your website, not only do you have blog posts, if you have a blog, which we think you should, but I'll get to that in a minute. You also have these different pages. So it's like you have your website face and then you have different pages that your, your viewers can click on. And pages that like we personally recommend you want to have an about page about you, obviously, and you want to have a contact page. We recommend having a contact form because if you put your email, then one, everybody has your email, and two, depending on how you type in your email, that allows spam to send you things. Like if you just write your email straight out and it becomes a hyperlink, then all the little bots in the internet sphere are gonna get that and they're just gonna send you whatever to your inbox. That's why a lot of people, they'll put spaces in between the .com or the at, whatever your email address is. And on the contact form, it's always nice to say what people can reach out to you for, depending on what, you what kind of content you have on your website, if you do book reviews or if you do interviews of people. And finally, have a page for your books or your creative writing. It doesn't matter if you're published or not published. If you write and you have work out there that you want to share with the world, have a page for that and show who you are and why people should care about your work. 
in addition to having all those different pages, like it's good to have a blog because then you can really share all of your work. That's a good point. I think a lot of new writers especially shy away from going for websites because they're unpublished and there's this concept of, well, what am I going to share? What what can I put up there? You know, a published author will have lists of books. What, what can I put up? But the simple fact is, even if you're unpublished, a website is important and you can put your writing because chances are you're writing something. Are you writing short stories? Are you writing poetry? Are you writing a novel? Then put a page with the novel's title, even if you put in brackets that it's a working, um, a working title. Put the blurb, put something about the story you're writing to start building that engagement and interest with your readers so they can be, start to be drawn in and want to know more about you. In the end, your website should reflect who you are. It should be easy to navigate, be filled with relevant content, and if possible, regularly updated. And this can be done, as Rachel said, by adding a blog. We are both bloggers and we really highly recommend it. One of the reasons for that is that Google likes new content. The way websites are found is the use of crawlers, otherwise known as spiders. And what these are, are little software bots that are used to crawl out over the internet and discover public websites. These are then indexed back into a search engine. That's how things get found on a search engine. They crawl through websites and use links to find other pages, both on the website itself via internal links where you link one page of your blog to another page in your blog, or off-site leading to another website via external links. Spiders pay more attention to newly created websites, changes to existing websites, and broken links. This is why we recommend you have a blog. It's one of the easiest ways to create consistent, updated content on your website. Originally, author websites would be quite static. The only thing that would change would be maybe if you brought a new book out, and that could be anything from you know a few months to a couple of years, and then you would update your books page, put a new image on the landing page, and there you've got some changes. But these kind of changes take a long time to happen, and during that time, Google crawlers, Google spiders, might not visit your website as often because you haven't made changes. By having a blog, you are creating consistent, updated content that draws those spiders back frequently, which gets you more ranking on things like Google. All you need to do is create a blog and then update it consistently. We're not talking every day. We're not even talking every week. If it's every other week or even once a month, it's all about consistency. That is why we personally believe you should have a blog and why it will help to build up your branding and your marketing for you as an author and eventually your books. Google is the king of the internet, so don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> Do what it says. Yeah, exactly. Make it happy. <laughs> to say I have recently been updating my blog because I've had it my, my website because I've had it for years and I've had to go back over and found so many broken links which obviously you get penalized for if you have too many broken links um, so, so obviously be very careful where you link if you're linking from one page of a blog to another page in a blog which is always recommended you should always have like one or two internal links on a blog post make sure that you don't then change the title of another blog post later on because it will it will break your links yeah <laughs> and that that's not that's not good. 
It's not fun to go back and fix everything. <laughs> but it's true. I, I'm redoing my website right now as well for the upteenth time. And it, it is. That's something that I need to do. I need to go back through all of my previous blog posts and make sure that there are no broken links and make sure I have internal links and make sure the SEO is all good and dandy. And it's it's time consuming and it's it's so much work, especially since my website has been around since 2012. So there's a lot, a lot that I got to go through. <laughs> so what we're recommending is get off on the right foot immediately. Otherwise, you'll be doing what me and Rachel are doing and having to backtrack to fix problems we had from the past. Yeah. Well, speaking of consistency, though. For when I first started my blog, I did not have a consistent posting schedule at all. And the main reason I started a website is because I wanted it to be an author platform. But in the beginning, all of my blog posts were, I was in college at the time. So I basically posted, I didn't write today. I had too much homework. I'm tired. <laughs> that was my entire blog. And, you know, for some reason, people commented and people followed. So I mean, hey, we all have to start somewhere. But later on, I did find my groove and I started posting on my blog every single day. And I did this consistently for about three years, I think. And eventually I got burnt out from it. So that's something I don't recommend if you're going to create a schedule for yourself. Make sure you have enough content, which I did for three years, apparently. But it, eventually we all get burned out. It, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. There's no stopping it. You will get burnt out at some point. And there are different ways to get out of your, your funk, but find a consistent routine that's good for you and for everything else going on in your life. Because running a website, it's, it's time consuming and it does need a lot of TLC. You need to find that balance between your online life and your real life. And that's why part of the reason I'm redoing my blog right now is that I'm not going to be publishing a blog post every single day. I'm only doing certain posts on certain days of the week, but I still have that routine and I still have that consistency so that my followers know when to expect a blog post from me. I think that's it. It's consistency. I mean, I, I run on about this on my blog all the time, but consistency is really important. And I think setting up something like you've done where you have specific features that not only stops you from struggling to come up with blog ideas it gives it also gives you a really nice structured feeling and with consistency people often think oh i have to be consistent i have to post constantly it's like you have to post but not constantly start with the with the minimum so if you are getting a blog start with once a month pick a day maybe it's the last friday of the month or the first monday of the month pick a specific day and post on that day. Set up a little calendar, a note in your diary. That is the day your blog post goes up. Set up a specific time. That way you've got consistency, not just how frequently you post, but the date, the, the yeah, the date you post, the time you post. And that will help people who are coming and viewing your blog to know, yeah, that's when you're going to be on. And then if you want to build it up, add in twice a month and then maybe once a week. I started posting once a week on my blog then it moved to twice it was I started with Friday posts only then it was Tuesdays when I did guest posts and then I eventually changed that to Wednesdays being guest posts because then Mondays were marketing posts and I built it up slowly I've reduced back down to twice a week now because like 
like yourself, I ended up getting a little bit burnt out because other things came in and it affected my my schedule. So I had to make the changes. Yep, can't do four or five times a week anymore. Bring it back down to once or twice a week. That is all that's necessary. You just need something consistent once a week, once a month. As long as it's consistent, it works in your favor. Well, that's the thing. We're writers. It got to the point for me, I was focused more on my website than I was with my actual novels. Yeah. And at some point you have to decide, okay, which one is more important? They're, I mean, they're both important, obviously, but you, you can't have a website saying you're a writer when you don't write. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Very true. You don't need to be published, of course, but you still have to, sh- you know, the whole point of your website is to share your work. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's to tell people, yes, I'm a writer. Yes, I'm an author. Here is my stuff. The blog is merely there to create updated content. So it's not for stretching yourself thin. So just once a month is, is, is perfectly fine. Once a month or once, a, once every two weeks is enough to, for Google spiders to find you. And by the way, Google takes between three and I think it's three and four months to get round and do a, do a cycle of, of crawling. So, you know, well, as you build, you know, you've got like three or four months to start building up a nice amount of content. Like you said, you don't want to end up not writing. You don't want to end up with your website becoming the biggest thing in your life. Unless you actually want to be a full-time blogger, that's okay. But if we're talking about writers, novelists, authors, then it needs to be slotted in to your schedule like once a week, check my website, you know, respond to blog comments, update my blog. It shouldn't be taking over too much of your life. And if it is, you need to do what we do. You step back, you analyze it. The website has to reduce down. And instead, just you make it the bare minimum where at least it's still creating updated content. It's funny that you say writers, whether you're a writer or a novelist or whatever you are, having a website like if you if you write but you write for other people or you do freelance work and you have gigs it's a whole nother reason to have a website you can have a page for your services mm. and the funny thing is we're only talking about setting up the website and actually creating content for the website we are not even discussing marketing your website or engaging with your readers or your audience that's a whole nother thing <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to drive people away from creating a website. We really, really do believe it is a good thing. And if we can do it, anybody can do it. Oh, yes. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. And you do meet so many wonderful people. Like there's such a huge writing community out there. And there are so many great people part of it. So with that said, if you're published, you can easily market your books. If you're unpublished or only write as a hobby, it's still a fun way to connect with the writing community. So we do recommend having a website. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Do let us know if you think authors should have a website in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag the Mary Writer Podcast. If you want to get some extra content, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the Mary Writer Podcast. You can support our show and get yourself some great rewards. Tune in next week for another episode of the Mary Writer Podcast where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Scribbled Notes. Our handwriting is awful. The music, titled Inspired, is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.